Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hope you're excited today because, uh, well, I'm always excited to be in church. Praise the living God and, and able to worship God and to have him join us and have Holy Spirit here with us. Praise the living God. But today you're going to get some spiritual meat. You're going to get some spiritual meat that will indeed set you free. So be prepared and buckle your spiritual seatbelt in the name of Jesus. How would you like to live in God's presence? I think most of us would. How would you like to live in God's presence? Do you, do you desire, do you have a desire to, to live in God's presence 24-7, 365 days a year? Do you realize even what it means to live in God's presence? Well, to some, when you start talking about God's presence, it seems like you're talking some crazy, fanatical Christian concept. And, uh-oh, these guys are going to get real out there now with this spirit stuff. But do you realize, though, that God wants us to live in his presence? God has a desire for us to fully understand what it means to live in his presence and how we can benefit from it. Understanding and being hungry for God's presence and desiring to be in the presence of the Lord on a daily basis should be our greatest priority. That should be number one for us, to be in God's presence. Just to be with him and seek his presence with all of our hearts. Do you know and do you understand that we live in his presence all of the time? Okay, let me repeat that. Do you realize, you ever stop to understand that we actually live in God's presence all of the time? 24-7, 365, 366 on leap year, amen, that we live in God's presence all of the time. We live in his presence. Go to Acts 17. Acts 17. What we're going to get in here today is something that I even think during the day-to-day course of our lives when we're praying and we're going about our business, we don't stop to realize the presence of God and whether or not we should be in his presence and what it means to be in his presence and how we can oftentimes forget the deep spiritual fact that we are in God's presence. God sees what we're doing, he hears what we're saying, and he knows our thoughts. But how do we take advantage of that, so to speak? How do we know? Acts numbers, Acts uh, 17, starting with verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar, I found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwells not in temples made with hands. Please underline that. Dwells not in temples made with hands. Dwells not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he gives to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men, or to dwell on all the face of the earth, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitations, that they should seek the Lord if haply they might feel, uh, feel after him and find him, 
though he be not far from every one of us. Underline, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him, verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. 28 again, for in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of our our own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Okay? And so we'll we'll start off verse 29. For for as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven uh, by art and man's device. Okay? But verse 28 again, that's the operative verse. For in him we live and move and have our being. So God is saying right there through his word that in God we actually live. In God we move. In God we have our being. So that means then that besides this being here on this physical planet, and as we get up and we walk through the rooms of your house or you walk through the, through the rooms of, of your office space, do you realize that you're living in God? You're living in God, okay? But we don't think about that. We don't even begin to fathom the, the complexity, the deepness, the relevance of what that means to us, us as a Christian in our day-to-day lives, okay? We all live in his presence all the time, but most people are not even aware of it. We live in God's presence most of the, all of the, all of the time, but many people are not even aware of it. While God is omnipresent, which means every place at the same time, and his presence is always with us, we have the desire to experience God in some way. If you're a child of God, now you may not, you know, every single minute and every single day of the year think about experiencing God. But if you're a child of God and if you have been born again and you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, at some type, some time in your life, you've wanted to experience God, especially when something is going on in your life that is particularly troubling or difficult. You would love to be able to experience God, to feel, to feel God. When we talk about experiencing the presence of the Lord, we are talking about the realization of God's presence. When we're talking about experiencing God, the presence of God, we're actually talking about the realization of God's presence, of perceiving his presence and being conscious of him. Okay, so when you're saying that you want to experience God, what you're really saying is that I want to consciously be able to perceive and to feel and to experience God. Most of us go around through our lives and we don't even think about this or have a desire for it. We must learn, excuse me, we must learn to experience the inward journey and discover how to practice experiencing his presence. We've got to learn how to do that. Because we as children of God, we have to understand that God is with us and around us and we are in him all of the time. If you can get down to this deep spiritual concept, this deep spiritual um, reality, so to speak, it will make your life a whole lot different. It will bring you to a new level of interacting and, and worshiping God. The inward journey is an excursion that goes deeper and deeper into our souls toward the very center where God dwells, where God dwells. One of the great mysteries of the Christian faith is the truth that the infinite creator God, Lord God, Jehovah, can abide within the spirits of his greatest creation. And that is his children, his people. One of the greatest mysteries. No theologian can tell you exactly how that works. But we acting on faith and and believing God's word. If God says that I am dwelling in you, then we have to believe that God is dwelling in you. If God is also omnipresent, meaning that he's all around us and we live in him and God is in you, 
then what does that mean? Can you picture that? If God is on the inside of you and you're filled on the inside with God, and if God is entirely all around you, then what does that mean? That means that you are totally immersed in God. You are totally immersed in God. But we don't think about that as Christians. We go about our day-to-day life and we don't realize that we are immersed in God. It's like you um, are, are, are gorging yourself with, a, with, with five gallons of water, if that was possible, where you are filled to the inside. <laughs> Imagine that. Gorging yourself with five gallons of water and, you, and, and you're filled up with all this water in the inside. And then you go and you waddle over to a pool and you fall into the pool. So now you are surrounded by water and you're filled on the inside with water. So you are, if you will, you're immersed in water. You're totally surrounded inside and out. Well, that's where God is at. But many times when we go through our day-to-day lives and we have issues that come up, we forget about the fact, well, wait a minute. God is with me. God is in me. And I am in him. So why am I worrying? Why am I struggling with the situation? God is there and God knows. Okay? We cannot fully realize true intimacy with God. Until we learn how to come before him in quietness of spirit, mind, and body. An atmosphere of stillness is absolutely essential for us if we wish to experience deep, loving communion with our Lord God. David, the psalmist, wrote, my soul waits in silence for God only. He said, my soul waits in silence for God only. The prophet, the prophet Habakkuk proclaimed, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Go to King 1 Kings 19. Praise the living God. 1 Kings 19. Thank you, Jesus. This is an entirely new way for you to understand what God is really telling us here. Thank you, Jesus. There we go. 1 Kings chapter 19. One Kings 19, and we want to start with verse number 8. And he arose and did eat and drink. This is when Elijah was out there after he fled from Jezebel, and he was out in the desert and so forth, and God was directing him where to go. And he says in verse number 8, And he arose and did eat and drink, and went in the strength of that meat, forty days and forty nights, Unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither into a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? God's asking him, What are you doing here? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy thy altars, slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go forth and stand, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains or tore the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake and after the earthquake a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire after the fire, after the fire of a still small 
voice. It was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave, in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? So it says there that God's voice was not in the wind, it was not in the earthquake, but it was in that still, small voice. So many times God will come to us in a still, small voice. We don't always necessarily have to hear a thundering uh, from God. We don't have to feel the room move, shake underneath our feet. But many times that voice will come to us in a still, small, quiet manner. So it's important for us, first of all, to come down, to, 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 to um, de-escalate what's going on in our lives, to stop being in panic mode, and to sometimes simply quiet yourself and listen for God. God may shout to you. You may hear a loud, thundering voice. I mean, you know, and, and I prefer his still, small voice personally, you know. But God can speak to you however he wants. But the thing is that we have to learn, first of all, when we've got issues going on in our lives, first of all, we must learn to, to bring it down, to calm down, and to speak to God and listen for that quiet voice. If we want to learn to, to, to walk and to be in his presence all of the time. It's hard to be in God's presence, even though the word of God says that we are in God's presence 24-7. But it's hard to hear his voice if we're running around like Helter Skelter trying to hear his voice. God will speak to you quietly. We know that Psalm 46.10, and let's just go there and underline it if you don't already have it underlined, which is one of my favorite scriptures. Psalm 46.10. Psalm 46.10 simply says, be still, be still, and know that I am God. If you don't have it underlined, underline it, please. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Again, the operative part of that verse is, be still and know that I am God. When you're running around helter-skelter and things seem to be going haywire in your life, one of the, one of, that scripture I've used so many times to kind of collect myself, so to speak, to bring me back to reality, the spiritual reality that God is who he is, is to simply repeat that verse, be still and know that I am God. Being still and knowing that he is God and that God is with you and in you, that puts your mindset in a whole different frame of reference. It puts you in a place of understanding that, first of all, I need to be still and understand that God is here with me and in me and all around me. And God knows fully well what's going on in my life. God knows what this issue is. God knows what this tribulation is. God knows what lies ahead of me. God knows what lies behind me. God knows. So therefore, we start off by being, be, being still and knowing that he is God. We're talking about here, how do we, do we bask? How do we soak in the presence of God? We cannot bask and soak in the presence of God and realize his presence if we are keyed up and we are, are being real frenetic and we're, we're jittery and nervously and, and, all, and, all, and all, you know, knocked out because of the fact we're so worried and helter-skelter in our spirits. So you've got to calm your own spirit down and remember being still and knowing that he is God. It's called practicing God's presence. Practicing God's presence is also happens through worship. Worship is one of the ways that this stillness can happen. That's why we put so much focus on worshiping God here. 
because this is where that stillness happens. During that time of worship where you don't worry about who's sitting next to you or standing next to you or behind you or in front of you, you're simply immersed in the presence of God and you're worshiping God. And if you've been in a sanctuary where Holy Spirit is present, I'm sure that you have felt the, 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 the fullness and, and the quietness of your soul if you are immersing yourself in worship and letting the music and the song and the words that you're hearing really filter into your spirit and your understanding that God is indeed physically here. He's physically here and he's spiritually here. And you can feel him. So that's one of the ways that through worship that we wind up getting into practicing God's presence. God has, has promised that as we draw near to him that he will indeed draw near to us. He said that in his word. God is not a liar. God is not going to draw further away from you if you start drawing near to him. And one of the ways of practicing God's presence is through worshiping and worship him and you're drawing near to him. How many times when you're in the sanctuary and you're praising and worshiping and as you're standing there with your hands raised high, are you thinking and saying to yourself, Lord, just touch me. Let me have a fresh anointing as I'm standing here singing, as I'm standing here worshiping you. Lord, let your Holy Spirit descend upon me. How many of you have actually raised your head and your hands and said that and felt presence of Holy Spirit during that specific moment that you're asking God to touch me in your own special way? Worshiping God is you, you adoring who he is. Adoring all that he is in your life. Adoring him and thinking that in the mere fact that, that he forgave you of all of your sins. That he is there, that he, he loves you very much. And that he's promised you eternal life. No one else in this universe can do that. So that alone should be reason for us to praise God and to worship him. Drawing near to him and he will indeed draw near to us. And we will experience his presence in an ever increasing measure. Okay? We're talking about experiencing and knowing and understanding the presence of God. Again, I go back to say, someone say, uh-oh, now this is sounding real, twi- real twilight zone-ish. No, it isn't either. This is what God really, really intends for us. You read the word. I'm not making this up. This is what God really, really intends for us, okay? When, 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 when Adam was, you know, the, the original state of God's intention for Adam and Eve was for them to be in, in communication, constant communication with him. It wasn't supposed to be a difficult thing, you know. And if the chain of events hadn't gone the route that, we, that, that it did, who knows where we may be today, you see, you see. But after the fall and Jesus Christ came and, 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 and gave us salvation, you know, and we are still in a physical body, but, but we are also spirit beings. So God's intention is for us to be spiritually connected with him at all times, to immerse ourselves, to, to experience his, his presence. My prayer for you today is that you is that you spend time in God's secret place, that you will have an encounter with the presence of the living God. I really desire for everyone that is here today to have an encounter with the presence of the living God. This is an encounter with the presence of the living God that that is not something that is easily describable, but you will know when you are in God's presence. If you're in your prayer closet or whatever room that you're in and you're quietly praying and or if you've got your headphones on, many times I'll put my earphones on and and listen to some praise music and I'll start off singing songs. And as I'm praising him and worshiping him and I feel God's presence enter into that room. And at that point in time, anything that I'm carrying as a burden on my soul, anything that I'm worrying about will be lifted and God will speak to you at that time. 
I pray that you learn to really experience God's presence. This is not something, as I said, that I'm making up. It's written here in the Word. God wants to take you, even though you are in a physical body, you are able to touch God spiritually, even today in the year 2020. This is not some, some ancient, you know, biblical thing I'm talking about or some, some medieval thing. This is not black magic. This is God, the creator of the universe, saying, I wish to touch you. And if God, if you believe everything else in God's word, how can you not believe that God wishes to touch you? That God wants to touch your spirit and for you to experience him, for you to experience him. The question is, how do we worship in a way that brings down the presence of God? The question is, how do we practice the presence of God, or as it is called, how do we soak in the presence of God? It starts with, again, understanding that God is omnipresent, meaning that he is everywhere at all times. Go to Psalm 139. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 139, 139, verse number one. Lord, that is written by David. Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. Thou understand my thought afar off. Thou compassest me, uh, my path and my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? And just pausing there for a minute. Here David is saying that you know my thoughts. You know my goings. You know my comings. Where can I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from thy presence? You can't hide from God. There's no place you can go to get away from God. God knows your thoughts. God knows your intentions. God knows your fears. Many times I think about some of the politicians that are out there that are just standing up there promising the world. God knows their thoughts. God knows their intentions. God knows exactly where they're going to go if we were to vote that person into office. God knows. God knows what your boss is intending. God knows what your next door neighbor is intending. God knows you. God knows even though you're promising God, I'm going to, I'm going to. Yes, Lord, I will, I will, I will. God knows your heart. God knows what's going on. You can't hide from God. You know, you know, you know, sometimes if you just stop and, and think that while you're sitting there watching television, that God is there. You know, God is there while you're watching television. Gave you maybe give you some insight sometimes to think, oh, should I be watching this? Should I be watching this? And some of the things that we oftentimes you see. So, OK, all right. Enough's enough and time to change the channel. Amen. But God is there. You can't hide from him. Uh, you know, was that whither shall I go from your spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? Verse number eight says, if I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. 
I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea. Now, understand, this is not saying that God is actually, God is, uh, is in hell, okay? All right, so he, the translation in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew is Sheol, okay? All right, meaning the grave, but it isn't saying that God is in hell, okay? If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, even thy right hand shall hold me. If I say surely, uh, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hides not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike in thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. And that my soul knoweth right well. And that my soul knoweth right well. So David is basically saying there again is where could I go from your spirit? Where could I flee from your presence? David concludes that there is no place that we can hide from God's presence. He is everywhere and sees everything. Because of this, we can know that we are never alone. And that he shall never leave us or forsake us. So if we know that God is everywhere and again, that means that he is indeed around us. The trouble with us is that we want to experience and feel his presence. We want to know him. Okay? So how do we abide in the presence of God? How do we live in the presence of God? As well as being omnipresent, God also dwells in the believer, as I said before. I want to expound on that a little bit. The indwelling indwelling presence of God is given to all who believe. Okay, that's the only criteria. You have to believe. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the word of God says that you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. The old, old things are passed away. There's a new spiritual you that's been created. Okay, new spiritual you that's been created. The indwelling presence of God is given to all who believe. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians. Try to bring some of this into perspective here. 1 Corinthians, verse 3. 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, chapter 3. 1 Corinthians, chapter 3. Okay, chapter 3, and we're going to start with verse number 18. Let's go up to 16. Start with 16. Okay, 16, verse 16. Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Please put a bracket around 16 and 17. Know you not that you are the temple of God? And that the spirit of God dwells in you. If any man defiles the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple is you. If you believe the word of God, and we can't go around saying that certain parts of the Bible I believe, certain parts of the Bible I discount, I doesn't know, that, that, that just can't be. God is here saying in verse 16, don't you know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? So somehow, and we don't know intellectually how that can even work, but God says that he is dwelling in you. 
that your body is indeed a temple. This is where he lives. Okay. So besides going to a physical church building where Holy Spirit certainly is and God is and Jesus is when you're in a sanctuary. I mean, you're in a good godly, godly ministry and you're in the church building. Yes, God is there, but God is dwelling in you. You are indeed God's temple. And God says in 16 that or 17, if any man defiles the temple, that God shall destroy it for the temple of God is holy, which is you. OK, so here now God is showing us that God is definitely in us, that he dwells in our spirits. Do you not know that you are God's temple and God's spirit has his permanent dwelling in you to understand this? We got to change the way we think. OK, to understand this, we got to change the way you think, because when you first hear that, that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in me, I'm the temple that, you know, that doesn't that doesn't make sense. And if you talk to some some quote unquote, some theologians or some other people, they may even try to tell you, oh, well, that's just speaking, you know, that, that that's just talking. It's a picture. It's a word picture or something like that. It's not real. But we, we have to change our thinking and we can't be deceived, because if you go on to verse number uh, number 18. Okay, let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. Let no man deceive you. Verse 18 again, uh, deceive himself. If any man among you seems to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he takes the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the, or the world or the world or life or death or things present or things to come. All are yours. And you are Christ and Christ is God's. OK, so what he's saying here is that is that the wisdom of men is, is foolishness to God. So we have to become what does it say in verse 18, that no man deceive you. If any man among you seems to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. So in other words, the things that are held up to be wisdom, we have to discount those things and we have to become believing as the word of God, believing to the to the word of what the word of God is saying. So in essence, where some would call us to be foolish, and yes, I'm going to be foolish in under, 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 understanding and believing what God is telling me. So when I say that the Holy Spirit dwells in me, and some quote-unquote wise person would say, well, how is that possible? That does not make sense. Then I'm going to say because the word of God says it does. And I'm going to hold on to that word. I'm not going to try to intellectualize and figure out how exactly that may operate. So, therefore, I don't follow after the wisdom of men. The wisdom of men to God is foolishness because the wisdom of men talks about things that you can rationalize. The wisdom of men talks about things you can sit down and, and, and debate, okay, and philosophize on. The wisdom of men will talk about how they can measure and touch and feel something, how two plus two always equals four. What God here is saying that, don't be deceived by that. If I'm saying to you that, that, that your body is a temple and that I'm dwelling in, in you, then you have to become foolish enough to simply believe that and accept it. Okay? Okay? They were too wise to believe that Jesus Christ was who he said he was. They were too wise to believe in miracles. They were too wise to understand that, that, uh, that Elijah could call down fire and defeat the 400 prophets of Baal. They were too wise. They were too wise. They were too wise. Okay? So when God is telling us that he dwells in us, then you have to believe, first of all, that God is really, really dwelling in you. And take that literally. 
Don't try and stand there and figure out, well, what part is he dwelling in? Is he in my heart? Is he in my lungs? Is he in my spleen? All right? Don't sit down and try and figure that out. What God is saying here, that spiritually, God is in you. Okay? And again, that takes us back to a very basic premise, a very, very basic fact in understanding God and knowing Scripture, is that we are a tripartite being. We are three beings. We are three parts. Okay? Okay? We're body, we're soul, and we're spirit. Amen. So God is dwelling in us. God is occupying, occupying, I would believe, that spiritual part of us, which is the real you. It's the real you. Okay. At one point in, in time, and as you pass away, you will shed this tent, this tabernacle, as the Bible, the Bible refers to it. This body you shall shed. Okay. But you, you, you can't kill, you can't destroy a spirit. God can, but I mean, but you, you don't destroy a spirit. Okay. A spirit goes on and it goes on to exist in either one of two places, either heaven or hell. Amen. But the spirit that is the real you, the spirit that is the real you that drives um, your 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 connection with God. And if your spirit, if you're walking in the spirit, which means that you are letting your spirit govern your actions and your thoughts, then you are experiencing God because of your relationship in your spirit. You follow what I'm saying? Okay. when we when we are when we are, are troubled about things. And we're worried about things, even especially us Christians. You've got something going on in your life that is, is really, really troubling and it's deep and it's disturbing. And you're dwelling on that and you're really, really miserable. That's because you are going over that over and over in your mind and you're thinking about what's going on. It's in your soul realm. It's in your soul realm, okay? And as a result of that, you're thinking and you're dwelling on it in your mind, in your soul. That is getting pushed down to your spirit, and therefore your spirit all of a sudden then starts getting upset, and then it also upsets your body, your physical body, okay? But if we're a child of God and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and there's a connection between your spirit and Holy Spirit, and you're walking in the spirit, the things that happen in your life right away, your spirit deals with in line with Holy Spirit. Where Holy Spirit is guiding you what to say and what to think and not to worry. So therefore that gets pushed back up to your mind, to your soul, and then your soul goes on and takes it from there because your soul then is following the Spirit. You see? see so you got to remember that you're the temple of God and, God and God is in you. But you've got to let your spirit guide what you're doing. Okay? And understanding, understanding also that God is there so there is always a connection with God because he knows what's going on. He knows what's there. Amen. He knows what's there. The spirit of God is in us. So therefore, after you change that thinking, then you've got to realize that his omnipresence and the indwelling of his spirit. This does not stop us from longing after the presence of God. We still desire his presence, even though we know that he is in us. All right. So even though what I'm saying that even though, you know, even though, you know, spiritually, you understand what the word of God is saying to you because you're reading it. You understand what God may be saying to you from time to time in prayer. Because of the fact that we are who we are, we are children of God and we are spiritual beings. Now that we understand that, now that we understand what we read, that that God is in us, what, don't you know that? The Holy Spirit, you're the temple of God and God is in you. We still, as, as beings, we have a desire to experience God. I don't know of one Christian, one real Christian who at some point in time has not wanted to experience God. Okay? You sit down in prayer, you go to church, you read your Bible, and, and especially when you start reading of some of the events in the Old Testament. I mean, how close they were, how they saw God and how they touched God, and, 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 and God just w- w- was there, you know? Sometimes I think about those, those events there in biblical history, and I say, boy, what would that have been like to experience God? 
So we still have this desire to experience God. And we can. We can. So just because we know up here in our heads, we know in our minds, we know in our spirits that God is there because we believe what God says, there's still, you as a Christian, you still want to experience God. You still want to, want to experience Him. Okay? And so, so therefore, when we talk about how can we long and hunger for something that is already all around us and dwells within us, when we talk about experiencing the presence of the Lord, we're really talking about the realization We're really talking about the realization of abiding in God's presence, of being able to perceive his presence and become consciously aware of him. So when you're saying that I want to experience God, what you're saying is that is that I I, I want to consciously, the same way I'm conscious of the fact that I'm sitting in this seat, that I, I, I feel this pulpit, the same way I'm conscious of that. I want to grow to get to the point that I want to experience God by by realizing by realizing and being conscious of the presence of God. Okay? In other words, I want it to go more from an, an abstract thought. For more, to, to go more from a, a, a concept or even a biblical belief of what God's saying is what you're saying is that I want to really personalize this and I want to experience, I want to feel God. Okay? I want to be in his presence. I want to be consciously aware of the fact that I'm in God's presence. I want to be consciously aware and and realize that God is indeed around me. So when we talk about experiencing the presence of the Lord again, we're really talking about the realization of abiding in God's presence, of being able to perceive his presence and become consciously aware of him. It is much a case of, now listen to this, it is much a case of, Increasing our awareness of God, it is much a case of us increasing an awareness of his presence as it is to an increase of the presence of God itself. Okay? All right? So what I'm saying there, it is more a matter of us increasing the awareness of God's presence than saying that God's got to increase his presence. Okay? All right? Okay? Okay? Um, I've got ten pounds of God's presence. Okay, I want to become aware of that 10 pounds of God's presence. But don't think that in order to believe that to do that, God's got to give me 25 pounds of his presence. Okay, so it's not a matter of God increasing his presence. What we're saying here is that we are praying and hoping for because I want to realize more. It's it's more that I want to realize of the presence that is already there. So repeat that again. It is much a case of increasing our awareness of his presence as it is an increase of his presence itself. It's not a matter of God needing to increase his presence. It's a matter of us increasing our awareness of his presence. Okay, so I've got that 10 pounds of God's presence. I don't need for God to give me 25. I need to somehow increase an understanding Okay, my understanding, my, my understanding level for God's 10 pounds of presence is at a three. I need to increase that understanding. I need to increase that awareness, you know, a hundredfold to understand that presence that is there. So it's not that God isn't there. It's just that how do we increase, how do we increase our awareness of God to appreciate the fact that he, that he is there? Although God is always with us, It is obvious that there are times when his presence is with us in greater measure. Okay? Although God is with us all the time, there are are obviously times when his presence is with us in a greater measure. 
and we experience God's intimate presence in a greater capacity. Okay? There are times, it may be a time when you are under particular stress where God will choose to make his presence known to you more. Where God may choose, because of the level of your stress and your worry and, and how you're crying out, there may be that God may increase the awareness of his presence from a 10 to give you that 25. So he can increase the, maybe the word is intensity of his presence. And you'll feel it greater at some times. There are times where you may feel God's presence where, where, where you know that God is telling you something and it's kind of a passing thought. However, if you're in deep prayer with God, all of a sudden you really, I mean, you really feel, I mean, the full presence of God. And you can, you can sense that difference. Okay? Okay? And that's for whatever reason God may choose. I'm going to give you a double. That's where sometimes you may hear me pray, Lord, give him a double portion of your anointing. Okay? Give her a double portion of your anointing. Okay? Okay? God can indeed increase his presence. Okay? But the thing that we need to do, really focus on, though, is how do we increase the realization, the perception, our feeling of God in our lives because he's there. The manifest presence of God is what brings power into our lives. This is why I say that today I'm going to give you some spiritual meat. Okay? The manifest presence of God is what brings real power into your life. God's manifest presence is what changes lives and reveals the glory of God. All right? There is something about you praying in the presence of God where you feel his spirit, you feel his, 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 his presence, and you know he's there. And you hear him speaking to you and you know that 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 this is what God wants you to do. There is something that can radically alter alter your day for that particular day or alter your week. How do we usher in the presence of God? How do we bring down the presence of God? Let's go to Deuteronomy. Thank you, Jesus. Go to Deuteronomy uh, 4. Thank you, Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Chapter 4, and we want to start with verse number 29. Deuteronomy 4, 29. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him, if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. When thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, and shall be obedient unto his voice, for the Lord thy God is merciful God, he will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he sware unto them. Okay? Okay? God reveals himself to those who earnestly seek him. Verse 29 again. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him, if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. So this is not a little part-time seeking God. This is just not an occasional thing where all of a sudden, you know, when a, a thought goes through your mind, oh, gee whiz, maybe I need to pray. Lord, where are you, Lord God? I wish to talk to you or whatever. And you happen to think of him kind of, uh, uh, you, you know, coincidentally you think about him, okay? This is where you're actually seeking God. This is where you are sitting down with your Bible and you're deciding to pray and you want to go into your prayer time. This is where you earnestly go in there and you say, Lord, I need to talk to you, Lord. 
Lord God, I need, I, 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 need, I need to hear your voice. I need your direction. God, I can't do this. I don't understand this. Lord, where am I heading? Lord, come into my life. Speak to me today. This is where you're, honestly, you're earnestly seeking for God. All right? Okay? If, if one of your children were missing in, in the neighborhood and whatnot, don't you think that you'd be picking up the phone and calling everyone you can think of? Maybe you'd even start going door to door. Okay? This is diligently seeking to find your child. Okay, it's not like, oh, gee, oh, yeah, my kid didn't show up for dinner on time. Okay, maybe, let me see, at, 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 oh, in 10 minutes I'll send a text, you know, or in 15 minutes I'll give a call. You know, that's casually seeking. No, no, you go door to door and you start calling people. Well, this is what we need to do with God. We can't just sit down and say, oh, occasionally, oh, okay, maybe I'll, in 10 minutes I'll go pray. Or oh, I, this and that, this and that. Seeking God is you diligent. What does he say that he says, if you seek him with all of thy heart and with all of thy soul. Amen. This is me really deeply seeking for God, looking after him. So God reveals himself to those that earnestly seek him. If you want to walk in the presence of the Lord, then we need to practice the presence of God. Practicing the presence of God is indeed by direction, intentionally saying, I'm going to spend time with God. Okay, God, I I know you're here. Okay, while you're outside and you're doing something in the backyard or you're working in your garage, you know that God is there. You know that God is in you. How many times do you, when you have a challenging task before you, you know, I know very little about gardening and things like that. And whatever, how many times have I stopped and said, okay, Lord, how do I do this? Okay, help, help me to do this. Okay. Putting down some fertilizer, I may have gotten to, forgotten to do that. Put the fertilizer in the thing and rolling it along without asking God to chart my path or direction in the lawn. Ran into a bumpy spot. And the rototiller thing kind of tipped to one side and more spilled out than I intended. I had a burn mark in my grass that took about six months to go away. <laughs> Amen. 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 So maybe even with something like that, if I had taken the time and said, Lord, show me which direction should I go in this lawn? Should I go to the outside edge first or should I come back the other way or whatever? You better believe the second time I had to do it in the next season, I, that's exactly what I did. All right. But the point that I'm saying to you is that seeking after God is knowing that God is there, knowing that God is watching you, knowing that God is with you and actually calling out to him in all things that you do. This is diligently seeking after God with all your heart. OK, by placing um, um, by one of the major ways that we can do this again is through worship, by placing ourselves before him in a place of adoration. We make room for God. You make room for him. And through focusing our attention on him, we increase our awareness of being in the presence of God in our lives. Okay? If you intentionally increase your awareness, I'm sorry, increase your attention on God, then that increases your, your awareness. Okay? Stop and think about it. I mean, how can you focus your attention on something and not be aware of it? Can you imagine doing that if you're working on your car? You know, or doing something with one of the kids. You're bathing the kids. Got this little baby in a big old bathtub with 20 gallons of water and you're not focusing on what you're doing. What can you do to that kid? Amen. Okay. 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 So, so, so you've got to, to, you don't have, you don't have your awareness of, of what you're doing. How many people walk around in these city streets totally unaware of where they are? Unaware of their, of their surroundings. Okay, so the more that we we desire to increase our awareness of being in the presence of God in your life, the more you will wind up wind up around focusing on God and the more you will wind up experiencing his presence. 
So you can't just expect this to happen. You know, it's, it, you can't be a Christian that just kind of skips along through life. la di da la di da la di da I go to church. I read the Bible. I say a quick prayer at night. Say a quick prayer in the morning. No, you've got to take some time and focus your attention on God. Focus it. You know, focus it. And then when you focus that attention on God, all of a sudden, you'll start to be aware of the fact, oh, gee whiz, God is here. God is here. Many Christians read the same scriptures that we just read. Oh, yeah, I know God is in me. I'm the temple of the, of the Holy Spirit. God is in me. God's omnipresent. Therefore, he's all around me. I get it. But how many really experience the presence of God? And experiencing that presence of God is what brings real power into your life. Okay? Many times why Christians are not, are, are, are not profiting or, 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 or not, not growing in life is because they forget about the fact that they need to focus on the presence of God, have some awareness of the presence of God, hear and feel the presence of God and when he's speaking to you and then benefiting from being in his presence. Okay? We Christians go through a lifetime and miss out so much on that because there is such joy. There is such joy, you know? You know, and, and I'll just share a little something. I, I mean, one I was in the bathroom praying there, and I had my headphones on and was praying, listening to some beautiful music and just praising God and soaking. And then I had my hands up, you know, praising like that. And I, and I, I remember waving my arms backwards like that. And I felt like this may sound crazy, but I felt like I was doing a backstroke in, in the presence of God. And I just stayed there for several minutes, just swinging my arms backwards like that. It felt like I was just, and, and it was a lightness. There was a lightness. All of the thoughts that were there just went away. God told me what I needed to do and to pray and to do this and so on. And so what I'm saying to you, this is very, 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 very real. But you've got to desire that presence. It can change your life. It can change the way you think. This is where God really, really speaks to you and will tell you what it is that you need to do or what you need to watch out for, what things are coming down your way. Okay, it's soaking in the presence of God. All right. And, 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 and it lifts you. And I guess some people hearing this podcast will probably say, oh, gee, Liz, you know, the man's gone nuts and everything here, you know. But I'm telling you, this is the spiritual reality and the word of God speaks on it where you can experience these things with God. He wants you to. We are citizens of two worlds. We're citizens of, citizens of this physical world and we're citizens of the spiritual world. At some point in time, we're going to be with the Lord and we're in heaven. We'll totally be be, uh, uh, citizens of the spiritual world because our spirits will will, will dominate. Amen. Amen. But until that time, God wants us to have have a level of connection with him right here on this earth. So how do we increase the awareness? Amen. Learning how to soak in God's presence through worship is one of the most valuable things that we can do uh, with our time. God has promised that as we draw near to him, he's promised this now, that as we draw near to him, that he will draw near to us. So if you believe everything else that the Bible says, how can you not believe if God says, you draw nigh to me, guess what, I'm going to draw near to you. Okay? And when God draws near to you, if you're really, really diligently seeking him, if he draws near to you, you will know it. You will know it. You will experience it. You will experience it. Amen? You will, you, you will feel it. You will know it. God has promised that, that, and we will experience him with us uh, in ever-increasing measures. This is how to abide in the presence of God by abiding in worship. Okay? All right? So again, it's not a matter of God necessarily needing, needing to increase his presence around you, his spiritual presence. It's us increasing the awareness of his presence. His presence is there. 
Okay, his presence is there. But we don't know how, many of us don't know how to experience and benefit from that presence. Amen? It's like something being, being around you, uh, something in your house that you didn't realize was there, and then one day you stumble upon it and say, oh, gee, this is where this is. I didn't know this was here. It was there all along. But you just didn't know how to experience it. Okay? So the question is then, if I really, 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 really want to be a strong Christian, if I really want to be all that God wants me to be, then how can I experience more of his presence? How can I increase my awareness? Abiding in God's presence through the word of God is important. And that's another way to abide in the presence is to practice abiding in his word. Jesus said, if you, are, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. If my words abide in you and you abide in my words, anything that you ask, it shall be done unto you. This is because the abiding of Jesus means that he will ask according to the father's will and his will is written in his word. Amen. So if you've got the word of God that is abiding of you, whatever you're asking of Jesus is going to be in line with God's will. And God's will is what? It's his written word. But how can you ask what things are in accordance to God's word if you don't know his word? Okay, so you can't say that you you can't be, you know, you can't know the word of God if you're not reading it. Amen. So we need to take some time and to read his word of God. The word of God is so filled with so many insights and so many things that God can tell you at the right time that you need to hear that word. Amen. Amen. This is all a part of that experience. You know, God may even times when you're, you're in deep prayer like this and you you are desiring to experience more of the presence of God and God reveals or, or I shouldn't say that he reveals the presence. His presence is there. But all of a sudden you start you start understanding and start experiencing God's presence. This is when God will oftentimes give you a scripture even that when you finish in your prayer closet, you're done praying and you go back and you look up the scriptures. Those scriptures may be a detailed answer to your problem. Okay, God's the presence of God in the scriptures work, work hand in hand, hand in glove. They're not separate. They're not different. So the thing that we're missing out then is how do we increase our experience of the presence of God? Jesus is always present with his word. Abiding in the word of God will always bring an increase uh, in the sense of his manifest presence. Amen. God is here. God is here. God's in this sanctuary. God will be in that car going home with you. God will be in the supermarket. God will be at Burger King if that's where you decide to go. Amen. Amen. God will be at the pizza store. Wherever it is that you're going from here, God will be there. Okay. All right. Okay. And I'm putting this in a humorous, in a humorous sense right now because I want to, to want you to fully understand in leaving here today that God is not just in the sanctuary. You know, what kind of God would that be? You know, this is where we, where we started out the first scriptures that we read there, where he said, uh, Paul said, what did he say? He said, I walked by a, uh, a, a monument that said to the unknown God. <laughs> you, know, you know, we have a God that wishes to be known. God wants us to know him. You know, so just to think today, this is Sunday. This is Sunday. Sunday the 9th, February 9th. That when you leave this building, God is not staying here in this sanctuary. God is going in that car with you. He's going wherever you go from here. God will be with you tonight. God will be with you tomorrow morning. What's your tomorrow morning going to look like? Know that God is going to go with you. You know, you know, many times I get in the car and I just say as I'm climbing, you know, okay, Lord, I know you're with me, but give me a safe passage to so-and-so-and-so, whatever my destination is. Guide me. 
Have your angels go before me. Okay? Get in the habit of talking more to God. You know? And, and don't be ashamed to say things out loud. You know, I'm not saying to walk up and down the aisles of Winco shouting out scriptures and so forth because, you know, you know, but I mean, unless Holy Spirit tells you to do that. Okay? But what I'm saying to you is that talk to God. God is around you and God is in you. Experiencing the presence of God. It can indeed change your life. Praise God. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. And now before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.